Okay. Making eye contact right now with me? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Is it weird? It was just, it was intense for a moment, but it was nice, but it was like a surprise. Like, <laughs> it was nice, but a surprise. Is that weird? Right. Look into the, look into the lens now. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Two Two Guys, podcast about ballet, hosted by Adam and Keelan. My name's Adam. My name's Keelan. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, for you, it's actually evening. Almost bedtime. <laughs> you just confused my whole clock by saying good morning to me. I'm so tired. <laughs> I, I love that that nutcracker trap music it it really sets a nice tone i'm exhausted now after dancing for the 15 seconds yeah you did sound a bit wheezy there i did notice i know a bit, I out, a bit out of breath in a while <laughs> right um i actually i i planned out my morning you can't see it but like right behind the computer there's a a, a bowflex trainer it's like kind of like an elliptical but it's a bit harder and it's just in my living room. And so I set it up so that right before we got on the recording, I was doing that. So I'm all pumped up. Like my body's all, you know, jazzed. All right. <laughs> uh, I have a question for you. Are you familiar with Baby Yoda? Uh, I've heard of him, yeah. He's the hyped meme, right? He is quite hyped and he is, he is the subject of many memes. That's true. Is he worth the hype? Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. He's, Is that your spirit animal or um, spirit person? No, because no, he's, he's far too cute to be my spirit animal. He's a, uh, he's so cute that if I'm watching an episode and I miss like a second of him, I rewind 10 seconds, you know, and like, you have to always go 10 seconds back. I go 10 seconds. Just, I don't want to miss a second of baby Yoda. Um, but I asked because I was watching, I just got Disney plus and I was watching the Mandalorian while I was doing the, the, the Bowflex thing while I was doing my cardio. So it's been like a really phenomenal morning for me so far. All right. What are we talking about today? <laughs> uh, today, well, today you selected what we're going to talk about. I know. It's a good choice. So why, don't you, why don't you tell the people what we're talking about today? Oh, uh, okay. We're talking about our favorite things about being ballet dancers. That's right. How many are we going to go through each? Uh, I have four, but as you don't know what they are yet, I'm afraid that we'll just say the same four things. Well, I've got three, but if I needed to, you know, to be on par, I could just make one up. Mm -hmm. So I could come up with four as well. Do you want to start? Give us your first one. Um, all right. Uh, my first one is traveling. So we get to travel straight away. Like th we're forced to travel. We're thrown out at like 19. Um, we have to travel around Europe, even maybe America, kind of the whole world because the job market for ballet dancers is pretty limited. Like if, you, if you're hoping to just get a job in your country, so uh, from England, we have... Uh, Royal Ballet, Birmingham Royal Ballet, English National Ballet, 
uh, Northern Ballet, Scottish Ballet, uh, Ballet Ireland, and then the rest are like quite small. Um, so you're hoping to get a job in those places. But then from Royal Ballet School, there's what, 15, I think there was even 18 boys in my year. So to get every one of those into one of those companies is pretty difficult. So you end up having to go to places around Europe. So straight away, forced to go traveling. And um, I mean, I say that like a bad thing, but it's a great thing. Uh, it gives you independence, some fun, some freedom. Um, I mean, a lot of mistakes happen the first time I went traveling, as you know, from the, the last episode, but <laughs> it makes you a better person. So I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and uh, a lot of times talking to like university students and um, other people that were my age around like 21, uh, they were saying like, oh, I wish I went traveling. I want to do some traveling. And like, so it's a big deal. And I'm always like, oh, really? Oh, you haven't been to uh, Poland, Hungary? You haven't been to those places? Okay. Yeah. Oh, you know Germany, have you? Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just a one-up, you know? <laughs> you haven't seen the stage door entrance of the Birmingham theater? Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just kind of add to what you're saying that, that you're uh you're speaking of classical ballet companies because there are other theaters in England that are contemporary, modern, like different dance styles, but you're referring yeah. specifically to classical ballet companies. Yes, true. Uh, the ones that are kind of recommended by the teachers, right. you know, I mean, we went over this a little bit before um, yeah. that you had no idea that there were these smaller companies. Um, but yes. Yeah, so when I was 19, I had no idea about lots of companies that were available to me. Um, but now I know. But at 19, I just knew exactly what the teachers would say. And so those were the only companies I knew. Yeah. And so you're talking about dancing in the same country. But for some people, say you grow up in London, your whole family's there, moving to a different city is already a big deal, especially when you're young. You think you're 18, you get your first job, and you're moving away to a new city. You're not seeing your family. England's not the biggest country in the world, but it's pretty, pretty big. Mm -hmm. um, even that is probably for some non-dancers uh, kind of hard to fathom. You know, if you go into a trade and you become an electrician, you can probably be an electrician in the city you're in. If mm. not, then probably a city quite close by. But like you said, for ballet, just talking about being in the same country mm. is kind of an awesome, if that's what you want, you're almost lucky to get that. Mm. Very often, like you said, and you said then you have to go to Europe, Sometimes you have to go beyond Europe. You have to go to North America. You have to get creative, find country uh, companies in Asia. Like it, you really do have to expand. So you're absolutely yes. right. Yeah. In addition to the traveling for auditions, as you talked about, and the kind of international nature of dance, there's also the touring, which kind of piggybacks onto what you're saying. So I'll say that that's my first one. I'll say that. So in addition to the traveling that you mentioned, ballet companies very often have touring built in to their season. Mm -hmm. And so for those who don't know, uh, you might have a week of shows where you're doing Nutcracker in, let's say it's a different city in England, or uh, yeah. maybe you go to Venice and do a, a, week's, a week worth of shows. You go to London, England, or Ottawa, the capital of Canada, like whatever the company is, you'll be traveling with that company kind of within their, their, their realm. And I think that's one of the really cool things too, is I would say people who dance with companies that travel are lucky 
because you get paid to go to other countries. You get extra money when you're on tour, something called per diem. You get a, usually a daily wage in addition to your salary. Not always, but most companies do that. And usually it's a pretty decent amount of money. Mm -hmm. So all three companies I've worked for have included touring, but Valley Jorgen specifically toured almost entirely. And so it was amazing. I got to see the country like that I'm from, Canada, yeah. end to end. Mm -hmm. Like I've performed and as far west as you can go and as far east as you can go. And, you know, all, all in between. So I agree, traveling, the different kind of components, both the auditioning and the jobs themselves, but the touring is. Yes, yeah, so I was actually also sort of in a company, I guess, similar to Ballet Organ. When I was at Northern Ballet, we did, I don't know, like a month or two months of rehearsing. And then it was just like kind of on the road. And we, we even did maybe six weeks or two months, I think was the most we did, of constantly changing to new cities. So we would go stay in... I don't know, Cambridge for uh, maybe five, six days. Um, and we would do, I think the most we did was 10 shows in a week. And so that's like one show or two shows every day. And the system would be, I think Monday or Tuesday was the traveling day. And then we would be there for doing shows Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then Sunday would be the day off. And then Monday again was the traveling day. And it was just like constant on the road sort of thing. And yeah, you get to see so much of the country. So it was really nice. But of course, it did get tiring to not be at home for a long time. Mm -hmm. Definitely a year or two or three. Um, of course, until everyone has their own tolerance. But a little bit, just a taster of that traveling is definitely a lot of fun. And I think everyone should be doing something similar just to know their, know their country. You know, when someone says, oh, I'm from Birmingham, you should have probably been to Birmingham if you're from London at some point. Otherwise, I don't know, it's not great. <laughs> yeah, not everybody's afforded the opportunity to travel. Financially, traveling can be tough, but I hear you. The more you can, the better. And yeah, to really understand your country and the people, you know, that you call your, your country mates is absolutely a benefit. Hmm. Okay, can I, can I go into a kind of a totally different area here? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to bring in one of my favorite things that might seem a bit silly, but it truly is and has been one of my favorite things about being a professional dancer for ever since my first job, probably since my first day at my first job. Okay. So I love that what we wear to work is really whatever you want to wear. Mm hmm. So how yeah. you think of, if you think of, if you just can close your eyes and think uh, what a man wears to work or something, you might picture a suit, something with a tie, yeah. you know? Um, when I went to my first company, I realized very quickly, oh, okay, you can get away with literally anything. And I love that. Yeah. So I, there were a couple guys I worked with in my first company who really blew my mind. So one guy, I don't know if I should say their names, but they're great people. <laughs> they're great people. And they're great people and I love their wardrobe and, and I love them and they know that. But so yeah. first guy. Uh, he would wear um, like boys' underwear. So not yeah. like boxer briefs, but like just the underwear, but like with Superman or dogs on them or something like that. Yeah. And with the jock underneath, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. With the dance book. Uh, he would for a shirt, it would usually be a tank top that was either sequined or mesh but it was incredibly tight and he would wear 
a scarf very often mm-hmm. and and like always like a headband not a bandana but like a headband very colorful and <laughs> i loved it and there was a point where we all dressed up as him like we had, we would have theme days you'd have like a costume day or days where everybody would kind of say okay let's all let's all dress kind of in a certain way and we had a yeah. theme day where we all dressed like him so everybody wore underwear tight things and then the headband oh my god and i love oh, it because it, <laughs> he's he's a beautiful dancer and a beautiful mover and so it doesn't really matter what you're wearing but i just kind of loved how we could be so loud with what we wear mm-hmm. there's one other guy who i won't say his name but he was pretty intense and uh and he was in a metal band and he would wear a shirt and again this guy is one of the most beautiful movers i've ever seen like truly anything he does especially contemporary it's like perfect art mm-hmm. and but he would wear a shirt that was a, a tank top maybe you call it a singlet or some people call it a wife beater but that's not a great name for it but just like a white tank top you know but it a guy he knew in his band, he had shot the shirt with a shotgun. So it had all of these holes in it because a shotgun has multiple shells, like the, the bullets like spray. Yeah. And so it just had all of these holes through this shirt. And it was like kind of scarred and burned from this shotgun thing. It was all weird looking. And he would wear that and be rehearsing Prince in Sleeping Beauty. And in my head, uh-huh. I'm just like, I just left school where you have to wear what you have to wear. And I'm realizing anything goes. And so that was that. And to this day is one of my favorite things. Oh. Just the freedom to wear what you want and feel comfortable. I love it so much because it doesn't really matter. Like the, the art is what matters. The dancing mm. is what matters. If you want to wear a silly t-shirt, it's fine. Uh, was a nipple out? Oh, I mean, both of these guys I mentioned was like, yeah, nipple all the time. <laughs> I mean, we have colleagues from Estonia who nipple all the time. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about how how uh, how cool that is. We Just think be... about. Imagine if you went to work at a at a, like a firm and you had to wear a suit every day, and you're like, no, I just want to wear a t-shirt and some tights. Like, mm. so that's my second. Yeah, thing. That's my second on my list today of things I like. Okay, all right. My second thing is, <clears throat> I don't know if uh, people are going to agree with this, but we can get away with doing not so much working out and still have really good bodies. So of course we do still go to the gym and we have to always constantly, you know, tweaking things to try to make sure we're not getting injured. Um, Everything we can to become better dancers, of course. But if you just didn't do any working out, you would still be in pretty good shape just because of the constant ballet class. And then, I don't know, two, three, four, five, even hours of rehearsal you do after that every day. So I really like the fact that um, when I'm doing this workload, I have to put quite little effort into maintaining quite a decent body. (laughs) I don't want to sound like arrogant by saying that, but that's the best way I can put it. You agree with that? Fully agree with that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like genetics probably plays a role. And so some people might not feel that way. You know, it, maybe that isn't, doesn't apply to everybody. That's what I mean. But yeah. in general, I mean, yeah, I, people used to ask me, uh, hey, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you stay fit? You know, how do you get your six pack, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And I would be like, I think people would be asking me, hey, do you work out a lot? And I'm like, no, I don't really ever work out. This is just kind of, you know, how I look. And then I realized, but wait, my job is to be working out seven hours a day. So yeah. yes, I do work out. It's mm. my job. So I agree. Mm. We don't really need to have a gym membership. A lot of people do. And by all means, go for it. Mm. But kind of being a dancer 
is a gym membership, you know, mm-hmm. built in, which is really nice. Okay. Brilliant. I'm glad you agree with that. Do you want to do yours? Okay. I have two more. Two more? Yes. So this is a bit of a... Okay. Okay, so my third one is... I love how, as a dancer, we're always working towards something. And there's, there's always a moment where we have to pull everything together and perform. So I think you know, performing is very intense and it often is really scary, right? Like it's not the most comfortable thing for a human being to just go on stage in front of hundreds, sometimes thousands of people and do these steps and uh, be very intense inside. But what's really cool about it, uh, no matter what, you feel there is a moment, you know, a series of moments, even if you only have one performance where you have to pull the best of you into that moment, right? You don't get to go, oh, you know, backspace, 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 retype it. It's, this is the one, this is when everybody's watching you. And I think that's why dancers often go, go into other careers that are so intense and so um, Mm -hmm. high level is because from a youth we're trained to have a lot of discipline and then pull all of that discipline in, in one moment and, you know, nail that solo as best you can. And so I I think that's Mm -hmm. a really cool thing. And I noticed that now that I'm not on stage, as so many of us right now aren't on stage at all, I'll Mm -hmm. find other ways where I'll go, okay, I'm going to go run a half marathon today. And it's, it's it's, it's it's like, I'm going to go make it happen. And, you know, cause I mean, you know, you're doing, you do your pot of the, and you got to go around for that variation. And you're like, okay, my, my legs are tired. My, I can't feel my arms and I have sweat in my eye. And so my eye, I can't even see. But mm-hmm. the music is going to start in three seconds and I'm going to have to nail it. And so you just have to find it inside you to do a good job. Mm-hmm. And so I really like that. And to me, it's, I think to me going on stage if for any, any intense role and that intense is defined kind of by the person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but going on for that thing that really challenges you is akin to jumping out of a plane because it's that fear of what if this goes wrong Mm -hmm. and i don't really totally have control over how this goes and i just have to have faith and do my best and you know follow my training and so i I like that a lot that's my third one yeah no that's that's really good actually it's (laughs) that's also my third one mine was discipline yes um and the thrill-seeking aspect of what you were just talking about is like so exhilarating and exactly what you just said like i really have to get that energy from somewhere else so now i haven't been performing i've been trying to find ways i can perform so even even if it's just not not giving speeches at house house uh, events but trying to make life a bit more difficult for myself in any way i can um hopefully i'm becoming a a better person by doing it but just for the thrill so for example if there if there's like i don't know two people over at my house um including my girlfriend then i could talk to all three of them and try to make a speech i don't know (laughs) but that like i'm not a very good public speaker so it's been at least at this point in my life i need to work towards it so it's very scary for me to just be I mean, similar to this podcast, similar to like to just talk on my own, being in a position where I have to speak for a long period of time, 
takes a certain amount of strength, especially as a ballet dancer, as I'm used to not needing to speak. Even it's frowned upon to speak. Of course, if you're in rehearsal and you're talking a lot, even if it's to your partner, even if it's you think productive to the end product, which is how good you are on stage, if it's getting in the way of anyone else's thought process, especially the ballet masters or directors, then it's detrimental to the company to be speaking out loud. So this is a rant now, isn't it? <laughs> Go for it, man. Take your space. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, basically I'm repeating what you just said, but I totally agree with needing to find this kind of thrill-seeking uh, path in any way possible and having constant, I want to say satisfaction, but it's not the right word. Stimulating. There we go. Having constant stimulating work for the past, I don't know, 10 years of training or 15 years of training plus ballet career in my case. Having that stimulation go for a few months has really made me need to find it somewhere else. And so when you said about the half marathon, I was like, oh my God. I, I agree completely. Like I ran, I think it was 10 or 12 K like a few months in just randomly. I was like, I need to do something. I want to do something difficult. And then I went onto my, my Nike app and I saw, oh, okay, I can run for a marathon within six months. I mean, I, I went overboard with that basically. So I set it to like the highest level, my app. And I tried to get to 26, 26 K. Wait, how much is a marathon? 42k 26 miles i think something like that 26 miles yeah so i put it straight up to 26 miles i was like i can do it and then i ran 10k and then i ran 8k and then it was like 5k then 8k then 10k and i did that over one week because that was how to get to the 42 kilometers uh, and then and then i kind of burnt out a little bit but the intensity and the thought that counts was there so <laughs> bringing that back to the thrill seeking Indeed. Yeah, I think a lot of dancers find that need to keep the intensity high is there. And it makes sense because at such a young age, we are conditioned to do something which is um, very challenging for the body, requires you know, near total focus to be successful um, mm -hmm. and to really excel. You know, it's a combination of obviously favorable genetics and then just incredible hard work. <laughs> My last one is just the people that we meet. We, we, we just meet so many interesting people from around the world and we're not just stuck geographically. I mean, I guess that's along the same lines as traveling, but yeah, traveling plus people. Like I wouldn't have met you if I wasn't a ballet dancer. Like, <laughs> um, I'm assuming everybody at home is also making that sound. <laughs> and just the same with so many other people. And it just makes you so much more, I don't know, cultured, I guess. I agree. You would have no culture if you hadn't met other people. <laughs> okay. Like <you> personally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, for those, also those who aren't in, you know, are actively in a, a ballet company, who've never been in a ballet company, there is a really cool quality, which Adam is touching on here, where it is incredibly international for the most part, not all the time for sure, but because of very often the need to go outside of your city and country and often continent to find work, the makeup of a ballet company, you're gonna find people from all over the place. 
And so kind of every ballet company, at least that I've been a part of, is a melting pot of cultures, which is, uh, I agree, one of the coolest things. We all come together and then you do things like go on tour for six weeks and you just find you become a family and it's really cool. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, my last one. And this one it might be kind of the most obvious sounding, but, and, but I think it's, it's the most obvious in some ways, but because of that, it's also the least obvious is our understanding and relationship and comfort with our own bodies. So this was pointed out to me a little while ago. When do you think most people stop jumping? Probably their last jump is when they're what, 12? You know, like when do you just stop jumping? And, and for us, obviously we jump all the time. And say we have a pain, you know, we, we're, we're experiencing some kind of physical pain, discomfort. We can probably describe that to ourselves, to our, our partners, to a physiotherapist or a doctor with so much more detail, so much more intricately than a non-dancer because we are so aware. Um, and kind of my own comfort with my body, um, because we're also very physical, we're all touching each other all the time. I feel like there is a kind of comfort with my body in space and in a crowd with other people that some people might not have because, you know, the, the walls have been broken down, you know, it is literally our job to be touching each other and doing these things. And so I'm not particularly precious with my body. I have great respect for it and real appreciation, but it's also like, I recognize like it's, it's kind of just this tool on some level, you know, like it's, it's, you use it yeah. for things. Right. And, and so it's really important to understand the instrument, understand your tool as well as you can. Um, but I think that's a really cool thing that I say it's so obvious because of course we know our bodies really well, but if you compare that to somebody who doesn't spend seven hours a day, literally using their body and trying to make art with it, they probably don't have that kind of relationship with it. Um, I couldn't, I don't know, mm. but but I think that's a really nice thing as well. What do you think? I think it's just a lot about the confidence that we get from pushing every part of our body to its maximum. Like we know how much each part can take, you know? So we just get used to feeling open and free and we know how much tension each thing can handle, each bone, each muscle, each tendon, ligament, everything. Let me take this a step further. <laughs> so if the body is the tool, right? If the body is the instrument, another way of looking at that is you have a relationship with your body, right? And so, which I think is fair to say, I don't think that's a big leap to make, um, that in a sense, we can almost see ourselves as separate from the body, you know, when we need to do things to keep it healthy. Obviously, we are together with it. But, you know, when you come home at the end of a long rehearsal day, and you do your icing, you take a hot bath maybe, and you do your icing and uh, you stretch and you roll out and you do all these things as self-care. That kind of relationship that is almost thrust upon us with our job is, I think, somewhat unique. You know, it's certainly uncommon uh, amongst other industries and other job professions. But it's a, very, it's a very cool thing that we almost have this dialogue, this give and take, this listening to our body that is not super common. And I think that's really a cool thing. I don't know if I'm just repeating myself, but I think that that kind of, that separation, recognizing that your body is somewhat its own thing and you need to behave in ways that are really helpful in order for it to be able to help you is a, mm -hmm. it's kind of a cool perspective that we 
would have a lot more access to um, than you know non-physical people mm. all right i think we i think we've got all of them now <laughs> i've hit my traveling body discipline and people <laughs> that's every good thing about being a ballet dancer i think we've nailed them all oh downhill from that no yeah i think we should finish this up <laughs> unless you have anything additional that you want to say i think we can wrap it up for today absolutely you know let us know if you think we missed something um but adam do you want to bring us home thank you keelan for those who can't tell my brain doesn't work <laughs> adam's having a small meltdown right now yeah i guess good thing that it's you're in uh, 12 o'clock over there do you know why it stopped working is you haven't really been eating in this episode and i think that the blood sugar is probably going down You're right actually Nobody's... food here that i couldn't have been eating yeah i know i see that mm. nobody handed mm. you a chocolate bar mid-episode to like spike your blood sugar <laughs> you can reach out to us uh, on instagram and facebook and twitter at tutu guys and you can email us at tutu guys pod at gmail.com uh, let us know your thoughts send in some questions if you want we'd love to hear from you uh, otherwise we'll see you next week all right perfect okay yeah it's good enough great